from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Father-son business ends up in a felony. 30 months in prison for growing plants. King County, phrase that you never want to hear, ever. What's that? Airborne arsenic. (laughs) We'll talk about it. And then there's a new report that reveals concerns women have working within the Seattle Police Department. Women having concerns? I've never heard of such a thing. But before we get to all of that, there's this thing, there's this new bill that's being passed that I think shall be, this is going to hit probably national news. People are going to go ballistic over this. Really? People are going to have a really hard time with this. Okay. HB 2001 does the egregious and atrocious action of allowing inmates who have committed nonviolent crimes to petition for early release up to 10 years into their sentence. After after 10 years. After 10 years. They've served 10 years. And it's only... um what Paul? What's the what's the murder designation that's not eligible for this? It's rape of any kind, armed robbery, kidnapping, and felony assault. So sorry, I'm not actually Paul. Paul? What? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, are, are those all eligible? Serious crimes, including rape of any kind, armed robbery, kidnapping, and felony assault, are eligible for right. sentencing. However, those convicted of aggravated murder that's in the first the degree are not. Now, if you were under the age of 17 when you committed said crime. You have to serve at least seven years for an offense. Now, uh, what I hear a lot recently is people saying soft on crime, right? You got mm-hmm. soft on crime Democrats. And I understand that talking point, and I it validate that talking point a lot of the time, right? Sure. I yeah. don't think that this is an example of that kind of soft on crime mentality. Right. Being, I agree. And this is why I, I think that I've outlined this a couple of times, but I'll do it again. I don't think that Americans realize how much money we spend on prisons. It's more than schools. Like you really have to think about this. Like on average it costs about oh, the lunches are better, so I understand <laughs> them. No, 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 you're right. The for-profit prison system is unbelievably mismanaged. Right. So digging you're digging into our coffers. You're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of about 120 to 150 in some cases up to a quarter of a million dollars per year per prisoner depending on what level of incarceration right. they're held in. So when I hear people saying, "Well, we need to be tougher on crime," You can't hold two ideas in your mind at the same time. You can't have the desire to be fiscally conservative and then also do the Shawshank Redemption. More guards, more bars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I you, can't, you can't do that. So what I see this is as an attempt at letting out prisoners who potentially have committed horrible crimes, but then allowing them to kind of commute that without actually having to go to the governor. That doesn't mean that they're going to get it. It just means that they can petition it at that point in right, time. Right, right. And it's it's... People say, "Why isn't this? Isn't this parole?" Well, when someone is released, the same same process of petitioning, right. meeting standards, same idea, uh, a review. But with a parolee, you've got then the the life of parolee, which limits your freedoms, has requirements of, and they're ac- appropriate. Checking with parole officer, things you can and can't do while on parole, the threat of being sentenced back into prison to finish your sentence. This is talking about reevaluating. The, the punitive sentence of this prisoner, mm-hmm. judging the time served and the, uh, the the progress made this this person has made with uh, within the prisons is right. And, yeah. and have we rehabilitated this person? And if if you can meet those standards and release this person as a function member of society and take it off the the public books out of our pockets, this is a great common sense for solution. Sure, but I I kind of want to address because people are really resistant to any kind of kindness towards criminals. It's something that we've been kind of habituated into, where when somebody commits a crime. 
we have nickname, we have names for them, right? We yeah. call them, you know, uh, evildoers, right? We sure, have sure, all these sure, different yeah. things. But it is kind of in, it doesn't make any sense when we think about the fact that human beings have the capacity to change. Human beings have the capacity to reflect on their behavior, particularly when it's committed between the ages of 18 and 25, and now yes. they're in their 40s. <laughs> I mean, it seems like people not changing is is the impossibility. Well, that's what I'm saying. Change it. We all change constantly. So what I see from a lot of people, especially like hard-on-crime conservatives, a lot of the rhetoric around that is more jail, harsher sentences, because there's, you know, we all know that that's worked for the last 50 yeah, years. Am I right? Or we all know that that's worked. Yeah. I actually heard one commentator he said that we should start executing drug dealers. He was echo- echoing what former President Donald Trump uh, yeah, was saying. I've about heard it. that. I've heard that thrown out there too. So that's madness. And then I've, I keep hearing that there needs to be mandatory minimums for small petty crimes. So, for instance, a man, I've heard this same commentator say that the mandatory minimum for theft from a store should be five years. Now, what? I need, what? that's lunacy, right? But let's just play this out for two seconds with this commentator. Let us just say that somebody, let's say that Pleasant Paul over here walks into one of the Bartels that's closing down, and he says to himself, ah, yes, chapstick, I want to steal this. Is that item that's worth $1.39 worth the $600,000 minimum it would cost to incarcerate Paul for five years? teach Paul a lesson. I don't think that a lot of people think about it in terms of that cost, and not only the cost to us as the taxpayer, but also the cost to Paul and his family, so on and so forth. Now, everybody understands that that's ridiculous, but then let's bump it up. Let's say that it's a $5,000 theft. You want to spend $600,000 taxpayer dollars to put that person into prison for five years, or what if, mayhap, it was a rehabilitative service that lasted about 18 months mm-hmm. that was a fraction of the cost. Now, you start talking about that, rehabilitative justice, and all of a sudden people call you a hippy-dippy, yeah. do-gooder. Moonbeam, soft on crime. But what I'm saying like- is that, hey, if we all want to save money as taxpayers, do we rehabilitate people, or do we put people in adult uh, daycare where they get to sit around for six to eight to 20 years because it makes us, quote unquote, feel safer. Sure, up until the point where you're, how much percentage of your taxes is actually going to incarcerating people over petty crime yeah. versus anything else in the system, right? So that's why I'm in favor of this. Are, I think it's very smart. Are you at all in favor of prison labor in so much that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was thinking more about, you know, the, the 18 month of rehabilitative. Uh, you know, you know, sentencing. Yeah, for somebody, have them cl- with cleaning up freeway, uh, cleaning underbrush. They, they need to, all, no, they need skills. They need skills. Okay, so you got to get so these, physical manual labor. Just to, I'm saying, you find the right group of guys, girls, and they start making, they start picking up construction. Okay, apprenticeships, uh, skills, and things. apprenticeship okay. yeah, labor in prison. Yeah, they start picking up different skill sets: woodworking, finished carpentry, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a lot better use of our time when it comes to our fellow citizens than well, you get to sit in your playpen for 24 hours yeah. a day, and then we'll let you out for an hour where you can go stab somebody because they stole your fruit cup. And then, do you understand what I'm saying? So, no, I hear. This I is totally not. Hear you. This is not this. But for some reason, people are such a big fan of this because other luminaries of intellectual uh, uh, heights have decreed it. Like Duarte over in the Philippines with his death squads, he for, did for it. The drug dealers. Look, yeah, at, yeah. look at that. And mega, praised him. Yeah. Look yeah, at the thanks. mega church that's in El Salvador. Everybody says, "Oh, look at how effective that was." Oh, great. We're going to torture ninety thousand human beings. I mean, let's. You have to rethink about the prison industrial complex. But I don't think that everybody's too keen on that. There is a father and son who have been sentenced to 30 months in federal prison. 
when I read the headline, I yelled at Spike and I said, Spike, why do we do this to people? But then you actually broke down the story for me as to how these guys were defying the law. Yeah, repeatedly. You want to break it down? Sure. Uh, And the I don't want to mispronounce the name. It's a father and son. The last name is Wu. Yeah. So I get that part. right. I'm not going to try the first name. It's you could say. Kian. Kian, okay, yeah. okay. And young and young Wu. These guys are are Washington State marijuana growers, licensed marijuana growers. Right. Um and I know this because every time I go to West Seattle and Trail Over the Bridge, I can smell their grow. Is that big? Yeah. <laughs> their their operation is over in West Marginal. Okay. Um and I mean it's and that's not uncommon in this town because we got a lot of licensed growers in Washington. I just thought you guys had a lot of skunks. That's what I always <laughs> I just, you know what I mean, Paul? I just, you know what I'm talking about here? I just, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. Here's the thing I don't understand about. So I, I've lived in California. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in a lot of different states. I have never seen the amount of marijuana consumption anywhere that mm-hmm. I open open air marijuana con, that I see in Washington State. It, it there's a. The, I'm going to say this. Washington State has a marijuana problem. We're, we're puffing proud. It's a lot of lot of. Paul's looking at me Smell like he's like I'm outing him right now. Paul's looking at me like <laughs> nobody's nobody's pointer fingers. I, I would say maybe. Colorado would be from, that's where I'm from uh, so right but he I, says with pride <laughs> I've been to, I've been to Cherry Hill I've hung out around mm-hmm. the Denver metro area uh-huh. still to this day I would say that Washington State is a bunch of potheads weed I said it in weed I just said an unbelievable amount of marijuana smoke well one one of the things that we're, that allows us to do this is because we've got a very regulated licensed marijuana industry sure and it, whether it's you have a license to grow or you have a license to distribute Right or a license to process, but these guys, those plants, these, these guys, guys had a grow license, okay, and they were applying for distribution licenses. Now, over the course of I think it's been about six, seven years that the state regulatory boards have been on this father and son business couple, business mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. because um, one of the things growers have to do is they have to track every seed, every plant, every grow, so that the state can know what's in these products, what potency, what level of uh, THC, where it's from, the origin of every single plant. Has been tracked by the state of Washington because if you're going to make money and tax money selling something to the public, it's got to be safe. That's the cost the state pays to be able to make all these billions of dollars from selling marijuana. Yeah, like they cigarettes, it right? Well, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's much safer than cigarettes, to be honest with you. But but that being said, these guys thumbed their noses at all the regulations. They were not tracking their grow. They were they were selling their grow, you know, beyond the league because you're allowed to grow and sell so much. The state regulates well, the market. These are growing more than they were supposed to. Right. Not keeping track of what they grew and selling it on the black market. My thought was this statement from the judge who says, even after multiple visits from state regulators, the Wu family continued to grow and sell marijuana illegally, some of it likely tainted with illegal pesticides. Right. goes on to say, by seeking licensing under the regulatory scheme, and that's used in that's legalese for right, scheme, yeah, not not, un, not not towards not scheme is in like a pejorative, but right, scheme is in like right. the way that we've developed it in the state the system for doing it. While not complying in any meaningful way with this system, the Wu family not only violated federal law but also threatened the viability of the state's approach to the legalization of marijuana in Washington. Right. Can we just say this, though, Spike? You'll agree with me on this. This is madness. This is a plant that grows out of the ground mm-hmm. that they were selling to other people, and this is madness. And the fact that we have to live in this world where if you want to grow something, that you have to do it exactly to the state specification, this is insanity. I don't think that anybody – I understand that they violated the law. Mm-hmm. I understand – but 30 months in federal prison for for because they didn't take the certain steps or submit the certain paperwork? Well, no, because no, they kept ignoring the warnings – and the chances to comply. Sure, the state had been in there numerous times with regulators since 2017. Yeah, but if if but you're but this is all ridiculous, though, Spike. You no, recognize I, well, this, right? Uh, like, except except that when I go buy some recreational for my wife, 
who's dealing with uh, sleep disorder or anxiety disorder. Sleep disorder. Uh, hypothetically. You know what I'm talking about, hypothetically, Paul. Sleep and, and, disorder. And I, right, and I pick up something a little, with pesticide little in it. anxiety, maybe. Oh, I've got headaches. A lot of my air quotes going on. I live with Spike O'Neill. That's why. That's how we got our first got green card. Got indigestion. I've got energy issues. Doctor, please. Steve's in the other room just laughing. Laugh. He's having the time of his life. So if the state's going to sell something, they need to be they need to be accountable that it's safe. Okay, but Spike, when I was when I was 18 and I was a huge pothead, it mm-hmm. didn't matter where I got it. Me neither. Right. I'd pick it out of carpets. So why? Cats so, had gone so, to the bathroom. so why then? Why then are we now all pearl clutching over? Oh no, they were gro- they were they had a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. They were they were it was as if it was watermelons or pineapples. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Doesn't make any difference. And now all of a sudden we're all pearl clutching and going, they could have used illegal pesticides. That put the public at risk. Please. When, would, when, would was okay? one time, when was the one time you got marijuana and you were like, oh, there's some illegal pesticides in this? Then one time, right? It was before Blue Oyster Cult concert in 1981. <laughs> no, um, no I, your point's valid Thank and you're you. right. It, it gets a little ridiculous, but when it's a multi-billion dollar industry like it is. All right. You All right. Know? Well, I think it's a fair point. Speak- if, I, if I was making booze at home, you wouldn't make you go blind. I'd you want, totally, me to, you I want clean be, booze. I would be totally fine with You're it. You're a great man. <laughs> That's so, the smell of freedom. There was this piece that was written over at King 5 that I think is very, very important because people uh, often care the most about what they can see outside of their kitchen window, as the great Frank Shires likes to say. And it says, after years of pleas, Clean Air Agency orders King County to test landfill air for arsenic, which is... A series of words that you never want paired together, right? Air and arsenic. And the long and the short of it is is that there was a a woman who built her Renton dream home, got a Mm -hmm. five-acre lot, and then all of a sudden she starts getting headaches, starts smelling the nauseating odor from the the landfill that's out there, and then she starts submitting complaints over a a series of years that get unaddressed over time, Mm -hmm. and finally it's all boiled over to the point where the community members (laughs) – submitted enough complaints that now they're actually going to start to see what exactly is going on with the landfill. The huge landfill, nearly a thousand acre landfill. And I think about this kind of, you know, this is the kind of thing that keeps me up at night, Paul. It's not clowns, right? It's not uh, my my youth draining away from me on a daily basis. It's (laughs) landfills. I... This is actually something that's really – it makes total sense. It's it's something you don't really think about all the time, but there's just all this waste, all of this stuff. Right. That we produce. That we produce. That we car- produce. Yes, and absolutely. Then, yeah, there's just – I think there's a lot more risks and things like, of that we don't always think about, And but I, I'm with you. I'm, I would be one of those people. Once it's directly impacting me, once it's Once impacting- you can smell the gasoline yeah. smell in the air. Well, yeah. my, my thought is – there's only so much space on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and we all make a ton of garbage. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point in time, it's going to be like, we don't really need the Grand Canyon anymore, right? <laughs> you know we've I mean? got we've got virtual those Apple headsets. <laughs> right, right. right. We can buy Apple headsets. In fact, if we gave people Apple headsets for free, right, show yeah. them what the Grand Canyon used to look like, we can fill all that in with our garbage and save a ton of money. It's like, hey, you know, I know that people like to go riding dirt bikes and Jeeps out at Moab, but right. we don't really need we don't really need it for anything. Sand Dunes National Park in Oregon. Yeah, we don't really need it, right? We we can do other things. And so this is what scares me about landfills, right? So landfill gas contains about 50% methane and 50% carbon dioxide from a small percentage of toxic chemicals. I can only imagine what that chemical stew is going to produce 
in 100 years, right? 150 years, right? and it's not going to be superpowers. I think we can all agree. <laughs> I wish. They always, they always give you the upside Super of noxious cancer, gas, baby. right? <laughs> I can shoot webs and flood, stick to the ceiling, that kind of fun stuff. So I understand that they take the gas and they convert it into natural gas, right. which powers right. about 19,000 homes, which is all really well and good. But then you, I'm reading this and you've got people who are saying, live in the community and are saying there are airborne arsenic emissions potentially going right. around and here's the thing about you know apples have arsenic in them do you know what i mean so yeah uh, yeah it, through natural right, decompo- decomposition uh, yeah, yeah pork has arsenic in right. it well, you can ingest a certain amount of arsenic in your body right so i think we don't need to all be super hy- hypochondriacs about it but we're talking about decades of exposure right to yeah. air of a- that decades quality. of ignored complaints right so and concerns i should say i am both happy that this is that there's going to be this investigation but i am also very concerned for the results of that being that the clean air agency is saying to king county you got to do this regularly and we want the results within a year well i, I always get slapped down and laughed at because i'm i'm okay with regulations like not just the pot growers but you know we take these things for granted that it's safe that where we're putting our garbage, where we're dumping a thousand square yards or acres of garbage every week is safe. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. government does their job. We, we, I can trust that I can turn on the tap and get clean, safe water. You know, I can go to the store and I can get safe food to eat. Um, and, and then, boy, it's just stomping on liberty to make people clean up their factories. Blah, 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 yeah, you know? exactly. I, I take you. you shouldn't take the stuff for granted, but I you am. should be able to count on it being there. And I will. That's why I'm voting for Trump, because he's God promised. He's, he's freeing up the business. He's freeing up the yeah. business model so yeah. we can get rid of all these regulations and get big garbage out of the way. Because I, this is Trump's going to bring back burning garbage in your backyard 2024. Smell of freedom. Smell of freedom. Yeah. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Speaking of smells... Billy Sunshine is coming on. <laughs> you like that segue? Smooth. He's because love uh, Nikki Haley is in the news yet again for attacking Donald Trump on his cognitive decline. What? I've never heard of someone being so. She crass. finally found a message. And also a Democrat won a seat in the House previously belonging to a Republican, but he wasn't really a Republican. I don't even think he's really a human being. I'm not, sure what I'm not even. I think he might be an alien from another planet who just lies all the time. But we'll talk about it. when We get back right after this. The Jack and Spike Show. Billy Sunshine joins us as our resident call-in coastal elite liberal. Billy, I wish we were talking under happier circumstances. We're just watching the footage of the shooting that happened in Cleveland. It looks, uh, Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, thank you so much. It's, it looks like it's... Multiple people shot. It's a very, very sad story, Billy. I don't know if you've seen any of this breaking news, but I'm just watching the footage right now of people who are just running from the stage. Looks like there was just a report, the shots fired, and then people just started taking off. It's a shame, right, Billy? That he- Has anyone been hit? Yeah, uh, reportedly up to 10 shooting victims. No deaths have oh, been reported God. yet. Yeah. Police have two suspects in custody. And it's turned, it's, yes, it's turned from an active shooting situation to an investigation. Right. So, uh, yeah, Billy, we'll just keep people posted on this as more information comes out. But I think it is sad that now these things happen at, uh, you know, events that are meant to be celebratory and celebrations of life. Absolutely true. So, um, Mr. Sunshine, you saw this clip of Nikki Haley, who was uh, commenting on Trump's diminished uh, mental capacity. Seems kind of silly to talk about. Trump, you know what I mean? After like 10 people were just shot. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird 
thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people were like life and death, and now we're going to segue into talking about Donald Trump. I don't know, Billy. You want to talk about guns instead? I feel like it's a little bit more apt than talking about Donald Trump, right? Well, you know, it's just you, you act as if this is a special moment that people are being shot. It's, a, it's an everyday occurrence in this country right, today. Right, right. We live in a country that loves guns more than its children. Well, we don't know about a crazy moment. We don't. We what the reason I'm I'm surprised by it, Billy, is because it was at like a uh, a uh, Super Bowl victory parade. This is not the 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 circumstance, and this is fairly novel to me when it comes to the you know celebration of sports. So that's if I seem as if I'm surprised, that's why. I'm sorry. Maybe it was a couple of Niners fans. No, 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 no. Oh, you know, it's it's, you know, it's we, we, that's we, the problem. What? I find myself making jokes at a time that is a, a moment of true national sorrow, and all I can do is make jokes. That's a this defense. Is how twisted we've become. Well, I that, think that's it's a, a self, defense, yeah, it's a self-defense, brother. It's Don't a, beat yourself yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the kind of thing. I think you know, Billy, you follow the news. We follow the news. It's the kind of thing we start to develop gallows humor after a while. Yeah. So I won't fault exactly. you for it, Billy, but I do. My thought about it is just like there. I, I view it, Billy. I know that you view it as a guns problem. I view it as uh, a, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I view it as a people yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you, you know, guess what? There are people in every nation on the earth. Yeah, there are crazy people in every nation on the earth. Yeah, but one nation has the problem, and why do they have the problem? Because crazy people, sick people. People, people can get guns so easily. Well, that's I, the problem. I think that's the part of it. And access. I, I do think that that's part of it is the ease of access. But then the other part of it, I think, is that in other countries, you tend to see a little bit more kind of cultural uh homogeneity do you know what i mean that like people tend to be it, i'm not talking about necessarily ethnically no no a multi-generational family yeah, respect for the elderly exactly a There's, sense of community and raising children and, and caring for children yeah. right so like for example canada is a great example of this why don't they see the same amount of mass shootings in canada right i mean they got guns all over the place they're too canada. busy playing hockey up there right. see, we, we, <laughs> we joke so we don't cry right exactly i mean so yeah, exactly. but then like you know conversely you in mexico is an example you got some of the highest rates of gun violence in the world and there's only one gun shop in all of Mexico City. Why is this the case? You know what I mean? So there's this there's a I think that when we talk about guns in the United States specifically, what we have more so than almost anything else is such a severe mental health crisis that somebody thinks to themselves, hey, I'm at this massive celebratory event with the chiefs and I don't know what happened. We're going to have to wait for more information to come right. out. But a circumstance arises in which they feel they need to take the life of another human being. That to me is indicative of kind of like a societal sickness. Do you know what I mean, Billy? Yeah, and I disagree. I don't think the only sickness in society is the accessibility of guns. Sure. Mental illness is everywhere. Right, but so, but Billy, if I, this is a bad example to use, but I'll use it anyway. Are you familiar with how Shinzo, <laughs> are you familiar with how Shinzo Abe was assassinated? Well, I'm familiar with he was. How? For, uh, for, with a gun. He was the former. Very rare. He was in, a, in, in Japan. No, no, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. So he, the the man who killed him, made effectively a blunder blast, which is like homemade a gun. Homemade yeah, gun yeah. that shot metal particulates out, and it was powered through electricity. So, it, oh and he made it basically out of parts that you could buy at a hardware store. So you can say all day long, "Oh, it's the guns, it's the guns, it's the guns." But Shinzo yeah, Abe was continue to your single example is. It doesn't speak to the issue at all. Yes, of it does. Of course, every now and then, people will go to the trouble 
of finding another way to do it. Right. But, you know, we're still better off when people can't sit in a 30-story building and shoot 50 people at a festival. I, no, I understand that, Billy, and you and I, you and I yeah, are... And in, you both have valid points. I think we both here, have yeah. valid points here, but yeah. what, I guess... I have a valid point. That's, <laughs> That's why we have you back time and time again, my friend. All right. Well, uh, Billy, listen, we don't, really have, we don't have a ton of time to talk about this Nikki Haley thing, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I kind of would rather uh, take the time to... Uh, I think maybe we should just talk about appreciating each other and our differences. Yeah, here, here. Rather than talk about politics, because it seems like a pretty... Is this your way of getting me to ask you to be my valentine yes of course it is mr sunshine <laughs> yes. of course it is of course i would love to be your valentine this year no but- i just think that when people when these things come up you know like i was listening to some guy who was filling in on some other station yesterday it was so bad i sent it to spike but this guy was talking about the shooting that happened in texas about that woman who walked yeah, she in walked into the church with, the, the, free, church, with yeah. the free palestine sticker on her yeah. ar-15 yeah. And this guy was talking about it, and he was playing the blame game. And I thought to myself, it seems to me like maybe what might be better when these kinds of events happen is we try to see the humanity in each other as human beings, as opposed to pointing the finger as to who to blame, because we can always do that tomorrow. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do it the day of, in my humble opinion. Yeah, what, what could we have done to reach out to this person? When when she was clearly was troubled, right? There were signs. There yeah. was, it, it was there was no sense of community. Right. There was no sense of family around her to notice and reach out and help and right. speak up and speak out to people who are troubled. Uh, to, I think to check to your point about it being a mental health mental health issue, uh, I think you're a spot on the money. We're too isolated in this country. We 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 have oh, lost God. connection. What do you say? Oh God! Yeah, 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 Billy's well, well, no, no, deeply problem, upset about this. The problem is the problem is. Feckless politicians. Yes. Uh, You know, are you going to end this conversation with we're sending thoughts and prayers? No, 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 no. No, no. No, thank you, though, for for short checking on that. Let's have votes in the Congress, this do-nothing Congress. How about they do something for a change? How about that? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, Billy. I think that I think it's interesting because if you look at the, the stats on people who want tighter restrictions on access to firearms, the statistics are pretty strong. It's like 65, 70% of Americans all say that there should be tighter restrictions to firearms, that uh, it should be harder to get a concealed carry yeah. permit, so on the and polling, so forth. The polling is overwhelming. Yeah. So uh, it's very interesting to see how this will unfold over the next couple of few. Mr. Sunshine, again, thank you so much for your candor in discussing this, my friend. We'll try to, uh, we'll try you, to pick a different shout out, I want to shout out, shout out to Bellingham, Washington. My favorite town in the state. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Billy loves Bellingham. Do you really? Yeah, he does. Oh, right. He awesome. well, oh, <laughs> if, if you want to be the uh, the Grand Marshal of their parade this summer, let me know. I'll, get, I'll hook you up. All right. Uh, All right. We'll take yeah. a really quick break when we get back. A Linwood man was charged with voyeurism, and O'Neill, as a dad, has strong thoughts about this. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. So there is a guy in Linwood who is charged with voyeurism, which I happen to think that this should probably be a little bit more stiffer of a charge than voyeurism, right? This um, should be, probably be a little bit harsher of a yeah, charge, right? I, I would think so, but that's why I'm not in, uh, in the judiciary. Right. I so, get a little too emotional about these things. He said, so he spied on at least 10 victims using uh, cameras, spy cameras that he hid in a bathroom. 
Yeah. So he did the old Chuck Berry, right? He did the old. Uh, I don't know, did Chuck Berry do that? Yeah, you didn't hear about that. Oh, that's oh, that's what brought down. My, oh. That's what Chuck Berry did when he, at his restaurants. You didn't hear about this? No. This is like a piece of rock and roll history, my friend. This <sighs> I've is, led a sheltered life. Right. So um, what's so bizarre? Again, then this is at Seattle's Expedia offices. According to court documents, the individual faces four counts of first-degree voyeurism after an Expedia employee spotted a camera hidden beneath a toilet in December. Investigators said at least 10 victims uh, using the restroom were caught on camera. It's, it, to me, this is, when you, when I look at this, I understand that you think about it differently because you're a dad. Yeah, of, of, uh, I've of raised two young ladies. Ladies, so, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so I understand that this evokes a different set of emotions for you. Because yeah. when I look at this, I, I, am just, I feel bad for not just the victims. I feel yeah. awful for the victims. Yeah. But that guy, that's gr- that's gross on a level that I cannot begin to possibly describe. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one thing if you're like a guy who's like, man, I just love legs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's yeah, one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I love a nice wrist, a nice dainty wrist. Uh, just, it, it, it does it for me. Yeah, there are certain fetishes that you can say, okay, that's a little off the beaten track, but I can respect I, your yeah, attraction. I, I get it. Yeah. I understand. Feet? Sure. That's sure. fine. No problem with that whatsoever. But with this, when I look at this, I think to this guy, I go, dude, not only is that like really gross, but that's a deep mental illness. So yeah. when I see it, I understand that there's this immediate reaction of, Ugh, which is yeah. totally accurate and totally fine. Yeah. But then if you look at it just textually, do you know what I mean? I, I hear you. It's kind of like when I, I, I watched this documentary once about this kid who only ate mac and cheese. He was like in his early 20s and he had only eaten mac and cheese. since his. So his parents got divorced yeah. and he was traumatized when he was like eight or nine years old. And he went to go live with grandma. And the only thing that he would eat was Velveeta mac and cheese. And so from that time until his mid-20s, he only, three times a day, Velveeta, Velveeta mac and cheese is the only thing that he ate, right? So that's gross, Yeah. but I also felt really bad for him. Yeah, there's a psychological There's a psychological damage. schism yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I look at this, mm. it, it is, it, I, just, I just think to myself, like, put down the Velveeta cheese is what I would say for this, this guy. guy. For yeah. this guy. You, again, you've got a really compassionate heart and you've got empathetic kind of a guy. You mm-hmm. look at things from a solution point of view on a regular basis mm-hmm. and instead of saying well, what can we slap this guy down with for for putting these these victims at th- these victims who are victims of voyeurism in a, in a what should be a safe place a work restroom right they're never going to be they're going to i feel so bad well, for them i'd put them on the island i'd put them with all the other oh, oh, oh mr uh, mr cameraman i'd put mr cameraman on the island because i think he belongs over there yeah with yeah all those i see cats. that but but those to your point those cats also deserve some help. Well, that's why they're on the island. Yeah, not just well, <laughs> helps everybody. <laughs> yeah, but but you're right though. There's we gotta we gotta recognize and address the the illness of this perp. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, right. I, I hear right. you. Man. Well, okay. So the reason I have and, and Paul, tell me if you think this sounds crazy. The reason that I have empathy for perps, perpetrators, is because I see the damage that's within them. I see the yeah. the scarring that's within them. And I don't look at them in a one-dimensional way. I, all human beings are multifaceted. They're incredibly complex. Look at someone like Ted Haggard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Donating a bunch of money to charity. Yeah. T- talking about you know what it means to live a good life. Also horrifically homophobic. Yep. Gets caught smoking meth with an underage kid in a hotel room. Right? Human beings are multifaceted. Yeah. Chuck Berry, rock and roll hero. Icon. Right? Yeah. Icon, hero of his community. Turns out he was putting cameras in a bathroom. So human beings are complex. And I yeah. think if we look at it in that way, uh, Dave Chappelle, I think, had the best take on this when it came to uh, Bill Cosby. It's Bill Cosby. He's, he's, he gives so much. He's got a scholarship for right, kids to go right, to college. Right. 
he improved the the he improved the the cultural biases that people had against the black family. Absolutely, the first African American family on a television show that were accomplished. Accompl- exactly, a doctor and a lawyer. Right, right. And at the same time, he himself is a deplorable human being. People are complex, and so because of that, I think that we need to have space to understand the complexities that exist within people, and also that people can be rehabilitated and people can be fixed. Because if we don't think that they can be fixed, we should just cut off everybody's hands when they commit crimes and then put them in prison for the rest of their life, right? That would be the end goal, yeah? That's, I, the, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Jack, I think that is that is something important. Because uh, this one is an interesting case where it's like the what happened is so shocking. But you are right. There needs to be a chance at be, uh, 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 being rehabbed. There is a chance that... Uh, it needs to be a chance for these people to get better. But I think the, the the most important thing you said is that it's all gray. It's never it's not just one thing or another. Right. There's so much complicated. There's so many layers you know, in everything. And I get so emotional as a parent. I know as a dad. I was going to ask right. you as a dad. You, 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 you can't get to your empathy level. Right. Because your protections, you know, genes what, kick in. Can I ask what the what that feels? Because I don't have kids, even though I desperately want them. The only, um, the only thing I could equate it to is this one time this lady almost hit my Pomeranian and I was yeah. going to take her life with my bare hands. Have, have you heard stories about people who in extreme situations are able to sub, to summon superhuman strength? Yeah. yeah While yeah, your yeah. kid's trapped under a car, you can literally lift a car off your kid. When your kid's being threatened or in danger or somebody comes at your kid in a sexual predatory nature like this, you've got that kind of energy, but it's not channeled for good. You want to squash <laughs> this guy's head with a car. Right. And I mean, that, that's how strong the protection yeah. you know, vibe kicks in as a dad. Yeah. The story like the earlier Last week it was the predator who lured two kids from Oregon. As a dad, right? There's, there's, there's no amount of rehabilitation. This guy, this guy deserves nothing but the most painful and horrific. And that's why dads aren't allowed to make these decisions, right? And they shouldn't be. <laughs> so, quick story before we got to get out of here. When I was walking bare, my little Pomeranian, yeah, I, I come up to a crosswalk, and this lady, she's in a gray sedan, and she's wasted. And I'm at the crosswalk. Right. She, she's so drunk that when she goes to take the corner, she comes up and uh, onto uh, the yeah, crosswalk. Yeah. She almost hits my little Pomeranian, and I see her drive down the street, and then she parks. I football bear, and I walk over to her car, and I go, bang, 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 on her window. Right. And I go, look at me. And she looks at me with her glasses eyes, and I said, you almost hit my dog. I will kill you. And yeah. then I yeah, just yeah, walked yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sober up. This is your last and only and last warning. And, like, I was redlining yeah. so hard that I didn't right. know what else to right. say. Right. <laughs> so- Right. All right, we'll take a really quick break when we get back. Dr. Z coming on, talking about COVID shots for the kids, because most countries don't recommend it, but the United States does. And the CDC might be reconsidering its COVID isolation guidance. Big Pharma won't get their fingers into Dr. Z. Rance has got a story on DEI training and also Bartels Drugs, another closure. But I got a theory about corporate greed. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this.